Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Big Cruise Podcast. My name is Baz, I am your host, and this is episode 60, which is recorded on Friday the 18th of June. And this week, we're going to be shortly speaking to Chris Frame. He will be joining us in the studio to talk all things maritime history and cruise news. And this week, maritime history is answering a valued listener question. And if you have a question that you would like either myself or Chris to answer, then send it through to us uh, via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com, and in the top right-hand corner, that uh, Join the Show section. Later in the show, we'll also be joining Emma from Emma Cruises. Emma was, uh, as uh, many of you will know, on the first, uh, not only the first MSC sailing, but the first cruise to depart the UK uh, post-COVID. And uh, we catch up with Emma to find out what it was like on board, what her experience was like, and whether it uh, has inspired her to do more cruises. I suspect it probably will have, um, but we well, can't wait to catch up with Emma a little later in the show. And that lends itself as well to anybody listening that uh, has a cruise booked, has a cruise planned, that would like to share their experience with us. You can uh, let us know. You can contact us uh, via the website, the same place, and uh, nominate your ship. And we will uh, spend about 20 minutes or so just chatting about uh, your cruise experience and sharing it with the, the Big Cruise Podcast listener base. But I guess it's time to head straight over into the studio, get Chris in to join us and talk all things cruise news and maritime history. Enjoy the show. And it's Friday once again, which means we are joining Chris this time back in the studio. We're not live this week, Chris. We're not out and about in the coffee shop. How are you, mate? No, yeah, good. Thanks, Baz. Yeah, it uh, feels very distant. <laughs> not sitting there, but, you know, it was good to, to do the to do the live recording. And um, obviously, people could, could definitely hear how busy and bustling that, that coffee shop was. Maybe we'll yeah. have to find a, a quieter one next time. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll definitely do it again for sure because it was yeah. good to be, uh, be yeah, in person. Lovely. 
and uh, gives us something to look forward to on a Friday, of course. Yeah. Um, now, we did have a listener question a couple of weeks ago now um, around the Royal Yacht Britannia asking us uh, what we knew of it and you know where it was built, etc. Um, yes. And of course, uh, that's your little area of speciality. So over to you, mate. Yeah, and it's a nice little connection for me as well because the, the ship itself, the, the Britannia, she was built at the John Brown shipyard in Clydebank, mm-hmm. which is, of course, the famous shipyard that built some of my favorite ships, including the QE2, the Queen Mary, the Queen Elizabeth, um, and Mauritania, ah. the first Mauritania. Uh, no, sorry, I, t- I, I, I am incorrect there. Lusitania, not Mauritania. Lusit- Mauritania was built at um, Swan Hunter upon time. My, my apologies, but the, the Lusitania was built there. Aquitania was built there. So many great ships from, from, from Cunard's archives. But the Britannia herself, she was the, the last in a long line of royal yachts that dated all the way back to Charles II in the 1660s. Oh, wow. Um, so they'd had royal, royal yachts for a long time. And then the royal family also used to um, charter ships as well. And sometimes for royal expeditions, they would charter vessels and they would be retrofitted as a royal yacht for those for those voyages but i'm i'm digressing a little bit um the royal yacht britannia herself was ordered in 1952 um, and she was launched in april of 1953 and she went on to have a 44 year career yeah um, so she was 126 meters long and 5700 just over 5700 tons powered by steam turbine engines which john brown were very good at um developing by that stage mm-hmm. and had 220 crew now she oh. was a, one of the last um fully riveted ships to be built so she was not using the um uh, the welding it was done by rivets yep. okay um and yeah in november of 1953 she undertook her sea trials and was commissioned in 1954 now what's interesting is when the ship was under construction the name of the ship was the secret and mm-hmm. it was only revealed when the queen um, named the ship. So the ship was ordered before King George VI passed away, but she was commissioned and, and named and, and launched after the Queen had ascended to the throne. Um, now, the ship was very, very famous throughout her career. She undertook global voyages. Um, each year, sort of the, the, the mileage covered would have represented sailing around the world. You know, she used to go all over the place. Mm-hmm. She was also used to host, um, you know, dignitaries. She was kind of an ambassador to Britain. Lots of UK business was undertaken on board the ship when she was in different ports around the world. She was used as a a venue or, or a vessel for honeymoons for members of the royal family. I think Princess Margaret was the first to use the mm-hmm. ship for such a, for such a cause. Um, and she also was involved in the evacuation of British nationals from Yemen in 1986. So oh, wow. actually, if you look back to the ship's original purpose, she was to be a royal yacht but could be converted into a hospital ship if she was ever needed in a um, military uh, scenario, which of course never happened. But um, she did have a a very large um, medical center on board and and in fact was involved in in rescues at sea a few times, Um, one of which was was documented in uh, in the Crown um, TV show on on Netflix there. Mm -hmm. But um, she, she had a very storied career and was sadly decommissioned in 1997 after 44 years in service, as I mentioned. And, um, you know, the Queen herself and uh, the Duke of Edinburgh were there at the decommissioning ceremony and um, both, you know, watched as the, the ship that they were very fond of um, was taken out of service. And now she's a, a, um, a museum ship in Edinburgh. So mm. she, does, she does survive, which is nice. And you can go uh, in normal times, you can go on board and you can see 
the old steam turbine engine rooms and the state rooms and the queen's queen's bedroom and that sort of thing. So she does exist. And then, of course, there's a lot of chatter at the moment because the the UK government, or at least Boris Johnson, has indicated the UK is interested in building a new national flagship. So mm. perhaps um, perhaps not a royal yacht per se, but a, a new ship for for Britain, which would be the first time since ninety seven. Yeah, and I think that's how the uh, how the question came up because obviously mm. somebody had read something in the the press somewhere to say that there was potentially or consideration being given to yes. um, a, a new ship of some sort. So yes, of course. good to get all those facts there, Chris. And uh, I'm sure our listener very much enjoyed that. And uh, I did she's have a look on the oh, she is beautiful, yeah. and she's also got a, another ship just next to her, moored next to her, which is a floating hotel, which looks absolutely stunning. So if you are in that area and you want to pay a, a visit to the Royal Britannia, check out the hotel that's located next door. She uh, she looks very special indeed. And there's something interesting about um, royal yachts is that you'll notice on Britannia there's three masts. Um, oh. There's a mast above the bridge, there's a mast just after the funnel, and then there's the aft mast near the stern of the ship. Mm-hmm. And the, the the middle mast is actually the the, the one um, where the royal standard is flown from. Oh, okay. Uh, when when the royal family was on board. Now, when passenger ships were were requisitioned for use as royal yachts. Um, Say, for example, in the reign of King George the Fifth, mm-hmm. um, the um, P and O ship Medina was was um, requisitioned for use as a as a royal yacht um, for a for a tour that they were doing of of different parts of the then British Empire, and a third mast was installed on board the ship, which was previously a two masted ship, in order to have that um, royal oh. standard to be able to be flown in pride of place in the middle of the vessel. Brilliant! Love all these facts. Uh. <laughs> A little bit so, of extra trivia for you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we need you on our pub quiz team, I think. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, that's uh, all we've got for in maritime history this week. But if you have got a, a question for either myself or Chris, or you would like an item covered in maritime history, or you've got a suggestion for one of his videos, get in touch uh, via the website, The Big Cruise Podcast. Top right-hand corner, you'll see a Join the Show tab, and that's how you uh, send through uh, some requests and some questions and things through to us, and we'll do our best to, to answer them in future um, future episodes. Now let's jump straight into cruise news. Chris, we'll start off with probably the, the saddest news of the week, certainly <laughs> for, for yourself. Um, mm. We won't dwell on it too much, but unfortunately, Coonhard have uh, announced some new itineraries, and it does include the cancellation of the Australian deployment. Yes, big news there because um, Queen Elizabeth's Australian season for twenty for the beginning of twenty twenty two, so for the late twenty twenty one and early twenty twenty two, which was going to she's going to be here from I think like November through to um, April or yep. so, uh, has been cancelled. Cunard's World Cruises on Mary and uh, Queen Mary two and Victoria have also both been cancelled for twenty twenty two, which is um, you know pretty big news because Cunard mm-hmm. is so synonymous with World Cruises. Um, QE will undertake her first voyage on the 19th of July. Um, it's a UK-only cruise, and she'll be doing some of those kind of local voyages until October where she'll undertake um, an international cruise to the Canaries and the Iberian Peninsula. Mm-hmm. Um, QM2 now is, is expected to resume transatlantics in November because, of course, um, the America's vaccine rollout has been going at a, a, a very fast pace uh, mm-hmm. since, uh, since earlier this year. Um, and she's going to be doing some Caribbean cruises in, in place of her world cruise, which would be interesting to see Queen Mary 2 back in the Caribbean. She's yeah. been there for quite some time. 
And that's an old Cunard tradition. I mean, QE2 used to spend the Christmas um, period in, in the Caribbean before undertaking the World Cruise, but QM2 will stay there for the summer, uh, northern summer uh, anyway. And then Queen Victoria, my goodness, Barry, is going to be laid up until April of 2022, two years. That's incredible. Um, in layup. Um, and then we'll undertake, uh, resume her schedule in April of 2022. And some of the QV's voyages have actually been transferred to QE. Yep. Queen Victoria voyages have been transferred to Queen Elizabeth. You can see all those in the, either the show notes, but also um, on the Cunard website. Yeah, well, we've got the list of those voyages in the show notes there for, for everybody to take a, a little look at. It's, yep. uh, it is sad news. It's news that we kind of expected. Um, and yes. it be interesting to see what pans out with other lines, not just here in Australia, but uh, around the world as well. Yeah, I also heard that Seabourn's pulled, pulled the plug on some of their Australian voyages. So I think with the border remaining um, closed and no seeming news um, about a domestic cruise season, um, mm-hmm. you'll see more and more lines having to make the call now, I suppose. Yeah. And I guess with a world cruise, it's even more difficult because you're relying on... Yeah changing situations and you can't set up on a world cruise and not know whether you're ever yep. going to go to be, be able to go yep. to some of those destinations. So. Interestingly, Cunard says that um, uh, Queen Elizabeth's J- Japan season, which is which will be later next year, will will go ahead as planned um, at, at the moment anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she will have to reposition from, from Britain to Japan and uh, details of what that will look like are yet to be released. So um, yeah, yeah. who knows? But I guess we'll just watch and, watch and wait. Exactly. And uh, sticking in Europe briefly here, we've got some news from Erosa. They have, uh, we announced last week they were planning their resumption of service. Mm. They've done it. They've had their first ship on the water they and have. she's sailing down the uh, Juro. Yes, she has. Um, Erosa uh, uh, um, is on her way. Um, there's big celebrations there. Then Erosa Donna is also going to be departing next week, I think it is, or, or maybe. Yeah, down the Danube, that's right. Yep. Down the Danube, yes. And they actually plan to have three quarters of their fleet um, sailing. Um, by the middle of the um, European summer. So all s- full steam ahead at um, Arosa. Yeah, no, it is. It's, uh, it's a great use for them. That's and the other- cruising, though. Like, I think it's a little bit easier for them to, to resume because they can position the ships within one country, which is quite good. Yeah. yeah. And they're always under somebody's due restriction. They're never kind of in exactly. unknown international space at any time. Yes. We've had some great news out of Royal Caribbean this week. Uh, they continue to smash milestones. Mm. And, of course, they have got other new ships on the order books, uh, the 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 next one uh, scheduled and uh, just announced as the name is... Uh, Icon of the Seas, Baz. Yes, Icon of the Seas. Icon of the Seas. So that's a bit of a giveaway because it was the Icon class and it's quite often the, the class is named after the first ship in that class. So Icon of the Seas is the name of the first one. It's going to be a class, I think, of, so far they've, they've committed to three, um, if I'm mm-hmm. correct. Um, LNG-powered ships um, with additional shore power connections, which is, of course, this new... Um, push towards being more environmentally friendly and using shoreside connections that are quite often powered then by um, renewables, which is great. Um, and this ship is under construction at the Finnish yard, Mayor Turku. So, um, yeah, it makes one, a change. One, yes, I know. One, one when we're not talking about Fincantieri, but uh, um, of course, Finland is, is, is well versed in building ships. They've got a very vibrant shipbuilding community there and have been, you know, involved in many of the great ships from the cruising fleets. So, um, we'll keep an eye on Icon of the Seas as she gets developed there um, in Finland. Yeah, and some of the amazing spaces that they will develop on board because I'm sure mm. they'll have a few new features not found elsewhere um, on the existing fleet, of course. Um, Viking have been in the news a couple of times this week. The first is that they've announced um, their details of their resumption in the Mediterranean, and that includes sailing from Malta. Yes, I know, right? So 
they're doing a whole heap of stuff that connects Malta to um, the cruising public. Um, they've even created a, a partnership with Lufthansa to operate flights between Newark um, and Malta to get uh, oh, passengers wow, okay. in there, which is quite interesting. Um, so basically there's Viking Star, Viking Sea and Viking Venus, which will all be undertaking voyages that will include access to UNESCO heritage sites. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all sort of based around 11-night itineraries that take in, a, you know, depending on which ship and which departure point you're going and you could take in a variety of ports, which may include, um, you know, Valletta, ports in Croatia, ports in Montenegro, Malta, as we mentioned, pulling into um, different areas in Spain, Italy and Greece. And the other big news from Viking is that they're they're welcoming US passengers back for bookings now because the EU or parts of the EU is now opening up to vaccinated Americans. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's great news. So we're going to start seeing a lot more movement of guests. And uh, if you haven't cruised into or out of Malta, I highly recommend it. It's one of those iconic um, harbours where the, the scenery is just spectacular. You really need to be out on open deck as you sail in mm. or out of uh, the, the, the harbour there. Beautiful spots. Moving into Crystal now, they've uh, been talking recently about the uh, the new expedition ship Crystal Endeavour, and they have announced a whole array of deployment from 23 all the way through to 24, including mm. the ship touching on Australia. Yes, so this is, of course, a Polar-class ship. She can go into remote locations. She's got the strengthened hull, all suites, all balconies, so it sounds very lo- luxurious on board. Um, the 2023-24 um, itineraries will, will there's a whole list I think you can pop in the show notes but some of the places that you know stand out of course um, coming to Australia will be touching on parts of Queensland um, this is far enough out now that I think perhaps there'll be you know <laughs> it's a solution by 2023 um, the Philippines Indonesia Bali um, and the Great Barrier Reef as well when you're in Australian waters yeah, lots of things on the, lots of itineraries there on the show notes, but a few that jumped out, including that first one, uh, departing in November of 2023, uh, cruising from um, Taipei down through to Bali. Then we've got another one from Bali through to Cairns, departing in December, and then the uh, ultimate one, Cairns through to Hobart in Tasmania, but does have New Year's Eve in Sydney Harbour, which again is a must-do if you have never done it before. Beautiful. Now, Disney, we don't get to talk about Disney Cruise all that often, um, but they have come out with a whole uh, announcement around their fall season, that being the northern fall for 2022. Mm. Yeah, and they've actually been speaking about some of these interesting um, uh, sort of theme voyages that they're doing as well. So uh, Disney Wish, for example, is going to be doing a um, Halloween-themed itineraries um, in September and October of 2022. Um, And then they'll also be doing a Merry Time, which is sort of a Disney take on Christmas, um, in November and December of 2022. So there's an opportunity there to do something a little bit different on the Disney ships. And, of course, that comes with all the flair that Disney, you know, brings to the, yeah. brings to the party. Um, but other, other ships are going to be, you know, they've got quite a, quite a well, they've got for four ships and, of course, a new one on order. Um, so Disney Magic is going to have voyages based out of both San Juan and Texas departures. Disney Wonder is going to be basing herself out of Californian ports. Um, and Disney Wish and Disney Fantasy will be sailing out of Port Canaveral. Mm. And, of course, where possible, those itineraries will include a little stop at Castaway Cay, which is Disney's very own private island. Beautiful. AIDA, which is the German brand for the Carnival Corporation, have announced a new world cruise um, starting in the winter or the northern winter of 22. That's right, yes. And it goes across over over New Year's, which will be quite exciting. 117 days on board AIDA Seoul. 
Um, and the the ship will actually bypass both canals and will round Cape of Good Hope and the Cape Horn during her voyage. So mm. that's quite you know, exciting for those people who like uh, uh, a bit of that maritime adventure, which would be quite cool. Um, closer to our part of the world, Baz, the ship will make um, calls in um, Suva and Vanuatu and even visit for the first time Geraldton in Western Australia. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> more, You know, before the cruise pause, more and more ships were pulling into ports like Geraldton and Albany and Bustleton um, in Western Australia for, for tender tender ports, obviously, but, yep. um, uh, you know, to allow people access to uh, the, the wine region here or up, up north in, um, in Geraldton, you can, you can get access to the Great Maritime Museum there, the HMAS Sydney Memorials there. So it just gives um, that kind of extra Australian flavor, I suppose. Yeah, so it uh, will be very popular, of course, either being a German-speaking brand. There may be Germans here in Australia that want to look at one of those sectors because there are three sectors um, of the full world cruise that you can mm. you can choose to do if you wanted to. And uh, those voyages are already on sale with uh, local travel agents as we speak. Staying in Europe, we've got a little bit of news from our friends at Fred Olsen. Um, they've got some new itineraries out on the ships Bolette and Borealis in 2022. Yes, yeah, so there's the thir- 34 Nights Caribbean feature, which is um, one of their big announcements, as well as a 15-night cruise in the Mediterranean, which sounds both of which sound fantastic. Of course, uh, Bolette and Borealis are new ships for Fred Olsen um, with a sort of storied past because they were um, Amsterdam and Rotterdam for Holland America Line. So they've been busy re- refitting them. They've got fantastic coverage on their um, social medias of these beautiful ships that are currently in in, in Scotland. But um, the 34-night voyage will be on board Borealis. Um, it departs from Southampton in January 2022. Um, and then the um, Mediterranean voyages um, will be uh, Bolette's sort of um, area. But she's also going to be doing Northern Lights cruises, Adriatic cruises, um, and Ireland as well. Yeah, I like that little five-nighter cruise at the end there with the, the five-night five scenic island, which has yes. uh, got some beautiful scenic cruising in it and a perfect duration for people that are maybe considering a uh, Fred Olsen cruise for the first time. Mm. I've had a lot of interest recently about um, on the video that I did about Fred Olsen and cruising on Boudicca, which, of course, is one of their ships that had um, had been um, retired during the cruise pause and is, is sadly... Um, has since been sent to the to the scrapyard. So I think a lot of people missing Fred Olsen, thinking about the old ships, and will will be delighted to try the new experience on board their two new ships. And of course, there's also uh, Bremer um, and Balmoral as well, which will both be returning to service sometime next year as well. And keeping in the UK, um, our other friends at Saga Cruises have announced the uh, the captains for their the new lineup. Yes, I know some new captains for Saga, which is very exciting. Of course, there's. Um, Kim Turner, who is the existing captain, is, is welcoming these two new masters um, to, to join the ships, which, of course, will mean that they'll be taking the helm of Spirit of Discovery and Spirit of Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got Captain uh, Darren Boland, who is ex-Royal Caribbean um, and has also worked with Holland America Line mm-hmm. uh, and actually started his career in the Royal Navy. Um, oh. And then there's Jason Ikadis, who's um, ex-Azamara, and TUI. Um, so they both come to, to Saga with a great deal of experiences, um, as you would imagine, for a brand like Saga. Um, and will be, you know, because of course, Saga is a, a, it's a much changed company since the beginning of the cruise pause. It's got not only the spirit of discovery returning to service, but also their brand new spirit of adventure, mm. um, which replaced, uh, you know, one of the older ships that's, that's since retired. So it's been a, 
you know, a lean operation during the cruise pause, but now it's ready to, to ramp back up again. To ramp up, exactly. And um, one of those ships that uh, are on my list, um, whilst I'm not there, their demographic, those new ships certainly look spectacular. Mm, absolutely, yes. Now let's uh, finish off with some news close to home. Coral Expeditions have just announced two new itineraries around the north of Australia. Yes, Broome to Cairns or Cairns to Broome in 2022. Mm. Um, Coral Expeditions, of course, small ships, Australian flagged, Australian registered, so can continue to operate in Australia. These are 18 night voyages and will be undertaken aboard Coral Adventurer. Yeah, departing in January of 2022. Now, Chris, that's all we've got time for in the cruise news space uh, this week. But of course, you have touched on there some of, of your information about videos. We talk mm. about them every week. What new videos are on the horizon for us? What can we expect on your YouTube channel? Well, there's two this week. Um, ah. I know, right? <laughs> what is what is going on? Um, well, obviously, there's just been so much sort of change and stuff, particularly in the Cunard area. So I've done one video which kind of explains that Cunard change um, in a bit more detail than what we could go into in the podcast. So that's up mm-hmm. there on my YouTube now. And then another one, Britannia from P&O Cruises is about to start um, sailing for P&O in the UK. She's Their former flagship was the largest ship in their fleet before Iona joined. And so Britannia and Iona will both be sort of um, – flying the flag for P&O with the resumption of cruising. And so the video that I put up about Britannia is five things I loved and one thing I didn't about my visit aboard uh, Britannia. Um, and so both of those are up at uh, youtube.com slash official. Ah, I did watch the Britannia one, actually, and I was surprised by your one thing that you weren't quite so happy about. I thought it was going to be <laughs> something else, but it was, it was good, to, good to see anyway. Well, I mean, I am a traditionalist after all when it comes to <laughs> ship design. So um, maybe that's given it away to um, to some of the listeners as to what that one thing that I didn't like so much might be. But as I say, she's a she's a big ship. She's a beautiful ship. Um, there's actually more than five things that I liked about the ship, obviously. But um, yeah. trying to trying to keep it concise for for people who just want to get a bit of a flavour. Because I also do have a full tour of Britannia from from two years ago, which is on my YouTube channel as well. Oh, brilliant. Well, if you need the link to the the video, uh, to the YouTube area, it is in the show notes every week. That'll take you straight through and you can spend uh, days and weeks going through all of the archives <laughs> of Chris's videos because there's lots to choose from there and Thanks, new man. ones landing every single week. Chris, always a pleasure to talk to you, mate. Can't wait to uh, speak to you again same time next week. Until then, stay safe. Thank you. You too. me again just a quick reminder um if you want to help keep this podcast on air there's a little way that you can do it if you're familiar with patreon which other podcasters and youtubers use that's a way of uh, sending a little donation uh, through to them we use something similar but we use a system called buy me a coffee um just like uh, buying your friends a, a coffee in the coffee shop very very similar although you're not physically buying me a coffee you're making a small donation and every donation is greatly appreciated because it really does help to uh, to keep us on air and the benefit is, once you have made that donation, um, you uh, then receive priority access to the podcast because all of our supporters do receive the uh, the link to the podcast the moment that it is made live. And uh, it can take about 12 to 24 hours for iTunes and the other podcast directories to, to pick it up. So if you would like uh, that priority access, then the easiest way to do so is to support us via Buy Me A Coffee. You can buy one coffee, you can buy two coffees, you can buy ten coffees, or you can buy a whole year's supply. It's entirely up to you, but every single... Uh, little donation through Buy Me A Coffee is greatly appreciated. The links of how to do so you'll find in the show notes of each and every episode. Thanks in advance. (laughs) 
And next up, I've been promising it for weeks, but we have finally got around to speaking to the one and only princess of all things cruise. It is Emma from Emma Cruises. Hey! Hello, thanks for having me back again. Oh no, always a pleasure. And um, not only was I very, very jealous that you did just complete one of the first cruises, you have just completely spoiled my day by telling me how many cruises you've got in the pipeline but I'm not going to spoil your thunder just yet I, I want to wallow in your excitement of what has just happened a couple of weeks ago you were on the very very first uh, cruise to sail out of the UK um, which ship were you sailing on? I was on board the MSC Virtuosa so not only the first cruise from the UK but also a brand new cruise ship her first sailing was fantastic Oh, that new ship smile. Oh, my God, I'm yes. so jealous. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It was everything all bundled together. It was just <laughs> the best. Now, as you know, we normally ask, you know, why did you book this cruise? It's pretty obvious <laughs> why you booked it. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm curious, though. I, t- I did watch your video, and um, I was wondering, and you did cover it in there, that, you know, was a, there's obviously a whole lot of excitement in there, but you also had a little bit of nervousness about could it be like cruising was? Kind of explain yeah. that, I guess. I think for me, until I was actually on board, actually stood on the ship, even when I was in the port, I was still thinking to myself, they can pull the plug on this, they can send me <laughs> home, because we had to do COVID tests at the port. I was like, I could still yeah. test positive. I know I was negative yesterday, but there were so many <laughs> things where I was thinking, this isn't going to happen. We've waited so long for it. And of course, a lot of people have said things over the last year like, oh, we'll never see buffets again. You'll never have the same cruise experience. Yeah. And it was pretty much exactly the same as normal. I think for me, because I'm so used to life here in the UK, we have to um, social distance. We have to wear masks when we're in restaurants and bars. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. just what I'm used to on land, but on a cruise ship. There wasn't ever any time I thought, oh, I really want to go to karaoke, but it's closed. There was never anything off limits. Right. that there would have been on a cruise before of course it was a bit different it it was strange but everyone Mm -hmm. was so excited to be on that cruise and it was nice to be surrounded by people not only who loved cruising because the first cruise was full of people who loved cruising but everyone was happy to wear their masks to social distance you knew everybody either was vaccinated or had two tests so it felt like very very safe on board well, I've always said that cruising is one of the safest holidays, and I think we, we've just proven that you know it's taken to the next level. It will now be the safest way to travel, without a doubt. And um, I think you touched on one of the things in your video as well, as you really missed the crew. Like You've forgotten how outstanding yeah. the crew are on board cruise ships. It's strange, because obviously I've, I've spent the last year talking about cruise ships, thinking about cruise ships. I haven't forgotten what a cruise is like, but you, forget, yep. you do forget that new ship smell, especially yep. MSC ships have a... A, a, a unique smell, a good smell, and you forget Can things say it's like European. <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's like a woody kind of like I don't know, but oh. it's quite nice. Okay. Um, and you forget like you know when you're laying in bed and the ship is like gently rocking. You forget when you walk down the corridor and all of the crew members say good morning, how's your cruise? Yeah. You just for, you you just forget all of the little things like that. And you, I think I settled into it within you know as soon as I got seconds. back on board. <laughs> yeah, seconds, but. Yeah, I realised that I missed things that I didn't even know I was missing throughout the last year. Brilliant. Now let's take it back to embarkation, because obviously embarkating now is very, very different than it was, you know, back in the day. Um, Is it a lot longer process? What other things did you have to go through to be able to to get on the ship? 
So my cruise was the first cruise. So I think it was a bit longer than the cruises that have come since. Understandably, Mm -hmm. everyone who works in the port, they're not used to, you know, doing a a big cruise ship like this. The whole thing for me took about an hour and a half, which I didn't think was too bad. Sometimes it's taken me like an hour to embark on a cruise anyway. And the thing is, is it took an hour and a half, but it was very much like a little line and then you do something and a little line and then you do something. It wasn't an hour and a half line that would have been very different you're progressing somewhere in the system yeah so and everyone's excited i think since then i've known people who've been on board and it's taken like less than an hour so it has got faster since then but pretty much the only additional steps are when you first get into the port they check you know that you have your vaccine or your tests and you have your travel insurance and they just do an extra quick check rather than you get all the way through security to check in and they find Mm -hmm. out you know, you don't have travel insurance or something. So there was one extra desk at the beginning. And then there was an extra place where you did a COVID test. And everybody had the swab, it was just up the nose, thankfully, it wasn't in the throat, just up the nose. And then you have like a waiting area where you sit and wait for your test results. Apart from that, everything else was 15 minute wait for the results or it felt really quick, but I'm not sure how long it actually was. They had snacks there and they had drinks and stuff. So I kind of sat down, got a drink and then it was it was straight on board. It was really fast. But yeah, okay. apart from those two kind of extra things, security is the same. Checking in is the same. It's right. it's just a few extra steps in there. But it was it was easy. Yeah, it was fine. And I'm guessing because you were the first people on board, you could go straight to to your cabin. We know um, you you like a particular cabin type. And uh, <laughs> uh, how did you find it? How was it? It was brilliant. I stuck very much to my kind of. Um, my default category which is the cheapest inside cabin you can get right at the front of the ship as in there were no inside cabins further forward of the ship I was right (laughs) at the front of the ship and it was great I like the MSC cabins they're very kind of minimalistic they don't have things like curtains and kind of you know some cruise ship cabins have loads of textiles and cushions and stuff everywhere they don't have all of that yeah fluffy stuff which is good because I just think it gets a bit like dirty and stuff if you've got too much stuff in there but it was very very minimalistic and clean and it's, it's quite a big cabin I think the inside cabin I had and I was very happy there yeah it was nice and um I'm pretty sure I didn't see a shower curtain either no no shower curtains not on any of the oh. newer and messy ships <laughs> it's it's nice like they have done a really good job of everything has uh, like a purpose there's no wasted space even though obviously an inside cabin's not huge there's more than enough, you know, storage and stuff like that. Loads of storage. USBs? Yeah, USBs on the desk and by the bed so you can charge your phone by USB overnight. Perfect. Brilliant. <laughs> and uh, for those of you that have maybe not considered an MS cruise, MSC cruise before, when you're booking, depending on what category you're booking, but if you're booking a lead-in category, there are generally two or three um uh, include levels of inclusions that you can go for. Uh, first one being Bella, which is kind of the, the the bare bones cruise, I think, for one for a better word. Then mm-hmm. you've got Fantastica and Aurea. What's the difference if you opt to to pay for that next kind of level? Yeah, so for me, I always choose the cheapest. I'm always Bella, but if you go up a level, you basically just get more kind of higher priority when you do your dining time. So you're mm-hmm. kind of you've got better chance of getting the dining time you want and you get a bit better of a cabin location. For mm-hmm. me, that doesn't matter at all. I'm happy in the, the cheapest place and I'll eat, you know, food is available 24 hours a day almost. So yeah. I don't mind when I eat. And if you move up to the very top, the top, top one, you get drinks included. But on our yeah. cruise, drinks were included anyway. So I thought 
cheapest cabin i'll be fine and it was really good i would recommend it it was nice brilliant now um you've in your cabin you've walked up the gangway you're on the ship you have cruised on msc before i think you said this is your fourth sailing with msc what was your your initial impression of virtuoso was she a bit of a, a wow it is amazing, this ship. So it has a central street in the middle with this huge LED dome that they use. Oh, yeah. They play shows on it. When we did the mustard drill, they had all of the mustard directions shown on, on, the, that, yeah. on, on the dome, which I thought was a brilliant use of it. And along there, you'll find all of these restaurants. The pub is there. So I spent quite a lot of my time sat outside the pub just kind of people watching and uh-huh. that's what that's where you get on the ship you get on right in the middle in this huge central street and of course I did the thing you know I've got to see everything right now to the top deck back down to the buffet <laughs> run around everything but I think especially for someone who's never been on a cruise you get on that ship it's mind-blowing it's very similar for me to the MSC Meraviglia I've already cruised on so I knew that I would love that ship yeah but whenever I share photos of it if I share some with you know my regular friends who don't cruise they have no they th- they have no idea that that's a cruise ship and it it confuses them a lot they say oh i thought you're on a cruise i am on a cruise this is a cruise <laughs> it's cool i love those ships <laughs> Yeah, and I noticed. I think uh, some some one of the bloggers had an image of the the roof of the the dome, and it had like the Union Jack uh, rippling all the way down the the main street. There, it looked looked pretty impressive. Yeah, that was when we like first embarked because you know first cruise for the UK, and they do yeah. all kinds of shows on there. They have a show about the MSC's history. They have a pirate show, all, all kinds of stuff oh, on wow. there. It's cool. <laughs> Now, um, you were on a four-day cruise, so you wouldn't have got a chance to sample absolutely everything. And obviously, being the first cruise, it wasn't sailing at full occupancy. I think it was around about 1,000 guests, give or take. And it yeah, can it take up to thousand. over 6,000. So um, how, does, how does that feel? Like, do you still – that sounds really stupid. Do you feel like you're on a cruise? Of course you're on a cruise. But has it still got the same buzz and ambience everywhere you go? Yeah, I would say even more because everyone was so excited to be on this cruise. I think the thing is, is MSC have, or most of their ships, they have a lot of main dining rooms. And on this cruise, they would just not have all of the main dining rooms open. So the places you actually were, were still all full. You would never kind of go to a bar and no one is there. It's just less things at once would be open. So everyone was kind of in the same place, but it, ne- it never felt, you know, creepy or I was kind of wondering about wander- walking around the ship and not seeing anyone, but it just <laughs> felt like a normal cruise. <laughs> <laughs> and the activities like the ropes course and water park and things like that, they're all open as normal, but yeah. maybe on selected hours, I'm guessing. Yeah. So all of that stuff would be open, but it would be, you know, two hours in, in the afternoon, the ropes course is open or something like that because okay you know, limited people, they'd prefer to get everyone to go yeah. at the same time. So, yeah, you just have to do, a, I think, a bit more planning when it's kind of reduced capacity. If you want to go somewhere, go yeah. when it's open. <laughs> and I um, I know the answer to this one, but just for, for the, the listeners, <laughs> did you attempt the ropes course at all? I didn't this time, but I have done it before, so I don't feel like I needed to do it this time. Because, I mean, I tried it before. My friends wanted to do it. I didn't want to chicken out, so I did it. But it was very much one of those things. As soon as I knew I could get back down, I got back down. And I have had no desire to get back up there again since. It was just it was just windy <laughs> up there. You look, you look at it from the ship and you think, oh, it's only like one or two stories high. It's one or two stories high on deck, you know, on top 18 of or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's terrifying. But, yeah. I've done it once, and yeah. I think that's enough for me. 
Yeah, I've done it a few times on a few different ships, and on one of them, we had to zip line off the edge of the ship, like kind of back onto another bit, and it oh, was so windy. And I, I'm not generally scared of heights, but I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, yeah. it's a long, long. I mean, you're pretty safe. You are very safe, but it's a long, long way down. And uh, when it's windy, it's a, a bit scary. But yeah, at least you've done it once. Yeah, you can take it off. Yeah, I think that was. I think that was it. <laughs> Now let's get to your uh, your most important thing of any cruise. We know you love a good cookie, you love a good buffet. Um, how was the dining <laughs> was, on board? It was brilliant. So this is my fourth MSC cruise, and I would say this is this was the best. I think the food was the best. I know, okay. kind of, I, I would say five or ten years ago, MSC used to get a lot of bad reviews for their food. People would say the food was cold, the portions were small, blah blah blah. But I think MSC have really kind of listened to that, and they've. Okay. They've actually kind of improved it. And the last couple of MSC cruises I've been on, the food's been really good. I couldn't, there's nothing I had where I could fault it or send it back or, you know, anything. And I ate yeah. so much on this cruise because after a year of being at home cooking my own food, it was just amazing. No cooking, just the possibilities. No <laughs> nothing. And you can just order as many things as you want and you don't fancy something, just go somewhere else. Is this yeah. it, it was brilliant, yeah. Cool. And uh, I know you're not one for trying uh, um additional charge or speciality restaurants at all, but I believe you tried one on this voyage. I did. So what I have done with MSC is I matched my loyalty status that I had with Norwegian. MSC, mm -hmm. I think, are the only cruise line that do that. Yeah. And it means you get free stuff, basically. And who doesn't like a free exactly. meal? So on every MSC cruise, I get a free speciality meal. I normally go to the Butcher's Cut Steak Restaurant. They have amazing onion rings, this big melted chocolate chip cookie for dessert. But on this cruise, I tried a restaurant called Indochine, which I think yeah. is Viet Vietnamese food. Yeah, yeah. And I, I hadn't really um, planned it in advance. So I had it on the last lunch of the cruise. And I wasn't particularly hungry when I went in. It was just, you know, a free meal. I'm not going to turn down a free meal. And then I think we had four courses and every single course could have been a main. Wow. I didn't even have dessert. I, I left without oh, having hello. dessert. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was so much food. It was unbelievable. But it was really, really good. And it was quite quiet in there because, I guess, lunchtime and last day of the yeah, cruise. Yeah. So it felt like, you know, sometimes you have more crew members than people in the restaurant. It felt a little bit like that. But that was good. <laughs> and, of course, you got it included in your cruise fare. But um, if yep. people did have to pay for it, do you know roughly what it would be for uh, an experience in Indochine? Yeah, so the thing that I had if you have like an included meal or a dining package you get like the dining experience which I think right. was 54 pounds per person okay. wow, so which I think inclusion. yeah well to be honest I, th I feel like I ate that much food um <laughs> but it happened to be free for me so yeah it was it was good yeah <laughs> uh, there's I think there's 10 different restaurants on board obviously you couldn't try them yep. all in, in those four days there's also 21 bars and lounges around the ship including mm -hmm. a brand new feature um the Starship Club which is home to Rob now me Rob. and Chris who obviously you know as well I'm not entirely convinced about <laughs> Rob uh, but yeah. we'll get your thoughts yeah, I thought kind of the same thing. When I saw, you know, the initial press releases from MSC about Rob, I thought Rob would be up, you know, in the sports court with the Formula One simulators and stuff like that. I thought he was kind of an attraction like that, but he okay. has his own he has his own bar by the atrium. We spent a lot of time across the atrium where the drinks were included <laughs> rather than with <laughs> Rob. But Rob, he grew on me. I quite liked him. He would wink at you. He would wave at you when you walked past. It was just quite, quite funny. And the thing is, is 
I think it was £18 for a drink. Whoa. I'm not going to pay £18 for a drink when my drinks are included. But I didn't have to pay Rob to make me a drink to see him making a drink because people were constantly paying Rob to make a drink. So sometimes, <laughs> you know, you just walk past and say, oh, what's Rob doing? And he's shaking a cocktail or, or doing something. He's very impressive. Not a, not a thing I would spend eighteen pounds on there personally. Yeah, I've used the the Royal Caribbean kind of alternative, which is a robotic bar, D- different but you know similar ish con concept. But um, I did wonder. Yeah. I believe he speaks about twelve different languages. But how does he cope with regional accents around the UK? I mean, you don't really talk to him. He just talks at you. So oh, you just okay. you just I'm order the drink to pick up Scouse and then a no. Union and then a Gladwee Glaswegian. Okay, no, no, it's not. <laughs> it's safe. Yeah, it's not really a two-way conversation. I mean, you can talk to him, but he, he doesn't really talk back. He just he chats to himself and he does little little things. Okay. <laughs> a few <laughs> other things around the ship. They've also got the Jean-Philippe um, Chocolatier. I'm guessing you had a little browse through there at some point. Yeah, so they didn't, as far as I know, they didn't have the, the chocolate man on there. Whoever the man is okay. that makes the chocolate sculptures and makes the chocolate ships. Another kind of loyalty perk that I normally get with MSC is I get the chocolate ship for free. And I normally mm-hmm. bring it home and it's it's a solid slab of chocolate. It is huge. I put it in a bag and like smash it up because otherwise you end up just gnawing on the end of this giant <laughs> chocolate ship. Um but yeah, there weren't kind of the. There's normally really impressive chocolate art and stuff there, but that wasn't there. I guess okay. if you have to cut down on crew because you've got reduced capacity, yeah, yeah. the chocolate, the chocolate man probably is one of the first ones to go. <laughs> <laughs> and not only is the ship one of the most environmentally friendly ships of the MSC fleet, it's got lots of other hilarious. But we will include um, a link to the ship and the, the deck plan and things in the show notes as as well. Um, but I guess. Um, and the other thing to touch on is kind of entertainment. You mentioned that, you know, the usual kind of cruise show experiences are there. Did you get to go to the show lounge other than kind of people watching? What was kind of happening around the ship over the four days? So there was all the, all the kind of normal things, you know, trivia by the pool, karaoke in the lounge. I went to most of the MSC theatre shows I normally do. I don't know that I understand the MSC theatre shows very well. They're very abstract and they're not, they're, you know, they're entertaining. It's 35 minutes. I normally go every evening. But pretty much everything that would normally be on the daily schedule was on the daily schedule. If you were up in the Sky Lounge having a drink, there would be, you know, like a blues band there or Whatever there would have been before, everything was still there and going ahead as normal. Brilliant. And just briefly, just explain the mask situation. I know um, in the UK, it's it's still commonplace to wear a mask. Here in Australia, it's not really been required for quite some time. So, on board the ship, what kind of what kind of happening with the, the mask situation? So, on the ship, if you were walking around the ship, you would be wearing a mask. If you were sat down in a restaurant or you were sat down in a bar. You didn't have to wear your mask. That's pretty much the same as we have in the UK okay. on land yep. at the minute. So it's strange for me to see the cruises happening in the Caribbean at the minute where no one is wearing masks. Yep. But how long we'll have to here in the UK, I, I, I don't know. I think it's we were supposed to be out of lockdown, out of lockdown here in the UK in, in June. Yeah, yeah they've ex- June. Yeah, yeah. extended it for a month now. So whether after that we won't need masks, I don't know. I really didn't mind it. I really didn't find it a problem. The only thing is, if you're in the buffet and you think, oh, I'm going to go back and get something else, you stand up without your mask and they say to you, well, can you get your mask? And you put your mask on. And speak, 
<laughs> and speaking of the buffet, I completely forgot about that. As you touched on earlier, we uh, there was talk a long time ago when all this kind of first came up that the buffet wouldn't be no more. I never thought that that would be the case because I've personally cruised on cruise lines where there is a buffet, but they deal with it in a very different situation, different way. And that's exactly what's happening now. The buffet is there, but you don't help yourself to it, which I think is actually quite a nice touch. Yeah, I, th- I honestly preferred this buffet experience to the normal buffet experience because they made sure everyone washed their hands, made sure, whereas before mm. sometimes people just kind of walked in. They did a temperature scan as well. I don't really okay. I don't really know the, why they do that anymore, but they do do that. And if it's too busy, they'll make you kind of line up, line up on the social distancing markers so that you're yeah. not in you're not in there if there's too many people in there they will give you the tray give you your knife and fork and then you'll go around the one-way system if you want something you just say could I have some potatoes please and then they'll just give you some potatoes hand it over the top and you put it on your tray the only thing is is you don't give them your plate so you can end up with if you're going from yeah if because I like to do you know something from the roast dinner section something from the you know Chinese section and you (laughs) would end up with lots of different plates but It's, it's better, I think, than everyone touching those tongs and sneezing yeah, on the yeah. food and stuff. So I quite liked it. It worked really well. Yeah, no, I agree. I quite like that too. Now, if you had to pick uh, one area of the ship that was your kind of go-to that you would rush back to in a heartbeat, where would it be? I, I, I'm not going to lie. It is probably the pub. <laughs> that is normally where I am on these cruise ships. It's just a lovely and little you're not a pub. big drinker either. Not really a big drinker. They have these things called um, beer tails in, in the pub, which okay. is like cocktails but made of beer and cider, and they're surprisingly oh. nice. You shouldn't have too many of them, especially if you're like me and you get seasick because I've made that mistake before. But it, it's nice, and I just like where it is. So I would walk past the pub, and I would know people who were sat outside, and you would yep. just catch up with everybody there. You could sit, and you could watch everything kind of going on on the ship. When the shows came on on the dome, everyone would rush out and, and see what was happening. And that's, that's to be honest, probably where I spent quite a lot of my cruise on the this type of ship. It's just, it's just a great location, and it's a nice mm. pub. <laughs> nice i've got a couple of uh fast fire questions only five and i think you've already answered at least one of them but okay if you were booking an msc cruise tomorrow and you had a choice between a standard inside cabin or an inside cabin but in the yacht club which would you choose oh. do i have to pay the extra to go in the yacht club i'll I'll shout it it's okay whatever you choose if it's free i'll have the yacht club one please and if it's not i'll have the cheap one i think your club was is was interesting i did get to see the yacht club for the yeah. first time um, normally I'm never allowed through those doors, but they gave me a visitor pass. So I had a meal in there and I had, you know, a drink in the lounge and I looked at the pool. It was freezing cold on my cruise. No one was out in the pool, <laughs> but it was, it was very nice. Not a thing I would spend. I would prefer to do two cruises rather than yep. one in one in the yacht club. But I get why people who have the, the disposable money would, would yep. go in there. Not, not yep. for me though. Yeah. But if you're paying, yeah. (laughs) I can't go anywhere right now, but if I could, I would. (laughs) Yeah, of course. You've already touched on this one, and I I know the answer, but I'm going to throw it out there. (laughs) The marketplace buffet pre or market buffet post COVID setup? Post, for sure. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I know you had a day in port and you chose not to go ashore on this one, but (laughs) under normal circumstances, you prefer a day ashore or a day at sea? Oh, I'd like a good I'd like a good mix, please. I think ah. I think recently it's been more kind of on the ship because I've been on land for so long. But I'm not one for doing, you know, five sea days in a row. That's not normally something I'd book. Okay. 
fair enough. And uh, I'm very generous today. It's my shout at the uh, the Edge cocktail <laughs> bar. What are you drinking today? What am I drinking? I yeah. had a lot of. What did I have a lot of? I, I think strawberry daiquiri was probably my most popular okay. drink on there. So I'll have one of those, please. <laughs> okay. And you can choose from a speciality restaurant. Your choices are the Tapanyeki, the Cantina, or the Butcher's Cut. I think I'd go back to the Butcher's Cut. Tapanyaki, it looks amazing, but it's not my type. I'm, I'm not a fishy person. Ah, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> it's entertaining though it's a good show yeah definitely i mean i watch it all the time but someone else can eat it <laughs> and uh, just a quick message for for anybody that's out there that's got a, a cruise book or is thinking about booking a cruise but has got that little bit of hesitation anything you want to say just to kind of help reassure them help get them across the line that they're doing the right thing yeah i think since i've come back on land i i knew when i was on the cruise that it was good and that it was safe but since i've come back on land it really has kind of sunk in more for me i think it's so much safer on the ship than it is just if you were to go to a restaurant or a bar in general life i think it's safer to do it on a cruise ship everyone who's there is following the rules if they're not they'll be kicked off the cruise ship and everyone's happy to be back on a cruise the crew the crew were genuinely so happy to be there and it was just it was just really nice. So, yeah, do, do not worry. You'll be looked after very well, and it'll be worth the wait, I promise. <laughs> now I'm going to let you shatter my dreams one last time. You've got a, almost a cruise booked every month for the rest of the year. Come on, tell us where you're going and with who. Okay, so uh, I decided to book a couple of cruises, which are not really – you may not think that I would book these cruises, but the first one I booked a Virgin Voyages cruise. Mm-hmm. Which maybe after my review of Scarlet Lady, people um, didn't see that one coming. I think last time we spoke, I encouraged you to do that, actually, just to give it a second go. Well, the thing is, the prices are literally half what they were planning on charging a year ago. And for the same price, I I was looking at it, it was the same price as, you know, doing a Morella cruise or something. I thought I'll try something new. So I've booked a Virgin Voyages cruise. I've also booked a Disney cruise which is something I never really thought I would do. Which would I'm normally not... be well and truly out of your price point. Really. Yeah, I would say it's still double what I'm comfortable paying for a cruise. <laughs> but I have I have booked the cheapest cabin I can. I'm going out of school holidays because I've not taken any children with me. I'm not even going from my local port because I can't afford to go from my local port. I've really tried to make it as cheap as I can. But as a Disney ship is here in the UK, I thought that was my chance. So I've booked yeah. a Disney cruise and I'm I'm going to see it I think from kind of a cruiser perspective rather than from a Disney fan perspective, I'm interested to see, you know, some people who love Disney would love anything Disney did, hands down. And me as kind of a coming from the cruise side, I'm interested to see if it's worth double the price of what I would normally pay. How how does Disney do cruise? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. And then I have a couple of what I would call more normal cruises that I would actually book one with princess and one with celebrity just doing British Isles cruises, you know, Liverpool and Belfast and and, and places like that. Then after that, I'm back to my cruises that I've been pushing off for a year or or two years. So rolled away. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what's going to happen towards the end of this year, if we're going to carry on with these kind of British Isles itineraries or if normal cruises will be back by then but we'll have to just wait and see I think but yeah busy summer looking forward to it Chris is going to be crying in the corner when he listens to this I know I'm sorry Chris (laughs) but also 
I mean, we're friends. You should be happy for me. <laughs> oh, we're very happy. And we're, we're just going to live through you for the next couple of months. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll sorry. We'll be stalking you on Facebook and on the socials. Now, for the benefit mm-hmm. of the listeners who maybe have not heard you on the podcast before, tell us where they can find all about you. You've got an amazing YouTube channel. You've got a brilliant website. Where do we find you? Thank you. So I've kept it very simple. My name is Emma and my website is called emmacruises.com. My YouTube channel is called Emma Cruises. My Instagram, my Facebook, my Twitter is called Emma Cruises. Keeping it, keeping it simple. Brilliant. Like it. <laughs> and of course, I'll have the links to all of those in the show notes so that everybody can find you as well. Emma, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. I am I, I, I'm joking when I say it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually really, really excited for you. And I will be stalking those social pages just to see where you are on those various cruises for the rest of the year. And of course, if you want to and you've got the time and you're not too busy elsewhere in the social media space, you're more than welcome to come back and share your experience on the podcast as well. I'm never, never too busy for you. If I'm not on a cruise... Then, then we can catch up. <laughs> cool. Awesome, Emma. I really appreciate it. Thanks again. And we look forward to hearing all about some of those additional cruises. Cheers. Have a great day. Bye. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.